Wow, the International Ballet Contest is being held in New York this year. Oh my god, that must be spectacular. Er, but, oh, how different my life was five years ago. I just won the City Ballet Contest, and Dad wouldn't stop grinning with pride. To celebrate, he was driving to get us ice cream. When suddenly, I don't remember much about that day after that. But I lost him. As for me, I survived. But I was left with life-changing injuries. Since then, ballet was no longer a part of my life. And over there is Aunt Robin and my cousin Nancy. They're super excited about the competition. I swear, Nancy has tried on 15 dresses already. Both my aunt and my mom, when she was alive, were gifted ballerinas. So, naturally, Nancy also inherited the ballet genes. She's now a student of the New York City Ballet. This is something I've always wished for, but now can only dream about. <sighs> Suddenly... A slamming door and shouting startled me. Joyce, 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 open the door! It's me, Dylan! I opened the door and stared wide-eyed at... Huh? Dylan, my half-brother. The last time I saw him was five years ago, when my stepmother took him away. Hmm, what's he doing here? Before I'd had time to react or invite him inside, he rushed over to me. Sis, you have to save me. I'm gonna have to stay here, okay? What? Absolutely not. Do you have any idea whose house this is? So, it turns out his mom is a gambling addict. So she was in debt and on the run from thugs. Poor Dylan didn't have anyone else to turn to. I managed to persuade my aunt to let Dylan stay with us, although she was adamant that this was only temporary until his mom was found. Being a typical kid hitting their puberty phase, Dylan was not the easiest person to live with. And guess who had to cover for him each time? Yep, me. Last week, he broke the whole stack of dishes. Yesterday, he stuck chewing gum in Nancy's hair. And today, he left his skateboard in the middle of the living room and caused Aunt Robin to fly across the room and land flat on her face. Ouch. Dylan... You have to be more careful. I'll be leaving for college soon, so I won't be here to cover for you. He'll kick you out if you're still like this. Huh? College? Do you mean boring business administration? I thought you liked ballet, don't you? No, that was just the past. Now I don't like it. At all. I don't believe you. Is it just because you're sitting on a wheelchair? Who says being in a wheelchair means you can't continue pursuing your passion for ballet? Hmm. This left me dumbfounded. His words had awakened something in me. But the reality is not that simple. So I sadly replied, It's not just that. I don't have any money either. I tried to apply for some part-time jobs, but they don't accept people with disabilities. Sensing my unhappiness at talking about this, Dylan immediately changed the topic. Okay, let's just forget about those dumb things. Tomorrow, I'm gonna take you shopping. Oh, it's been a long time since I visited the mall. Dylan kept asking me if I like this, like that, but we don't have enough money. 
Ugh, why doesn't Aunt Robin give us pocket money? Dylan looked so cute at that moment, so I just sat there and laughed while he frowned and pouted. Then Dylan suddenly told me to stay still. When he closed his eyes and fumbled around towards two people who looked kinda rich and told them, Please help us. We have nothing left to eat this week. Please? Oh my god. What was my brother playing at? I froze and couldn't do anything besides look down at the floor. The woman took out the money and was about to hand it to him. But the guy swiped her hand, causing the bill to fall to the ground. Dylan quickly picked it up. Oh. My. The man immediately grabbed his wrist. Busted! He threatened to take us to the cops and even asked me to stand up as he thought I was also pretending. Luckily, the woman said they were in a rush so they wouldn't make it complicated, so finally they left us alone. We came home, but our hearts were still pumping hard and I could see Dylan's legs were trembling. Then we went inside to see that my aunt had guests. I gawped when I saw who they were. The rich people from the mall! The four of us goggle-eyed at each other in shock. Turns out that woman, Bernie, was my aunt's friend, and the man with her was her son, Philip. They're both famous ballet dancers. Talk about awkward atmosphere! But Nancy seemed oblivious to the tension, as she was too busy fluttering her eyelashes at Philip and twirling her hair around her finger. But the strange thing was, even with my lowered gaze, I could still see Philip looking at me. Then he suddenly asked me, How long have you been like this? I mean, no offense, I'm just curious. So, Aunt Robin started telling them about my life and my condition. Hearing that, Bernie got emotional. She looked at me for a second and asked, Sweetie, how are things going for you? Are you still doing ballet? No, no, no. She's interested in business now. She'll enroll this fall. Bernie paused for a while, then smiling said, Oh, that's great. I'm happy that you found yourself something you love. I don't know why I felt so sad, so I excused myself to leave the table. Dylan followed me and handed me an envelope. I looked inside and it was full of money. I only have this much, but please take it and go take ballet classes again. My heart stopped. How could he afford it? But then he didn't give me time to say anything when he took the money back saying, Oh, or just let me enroll you. And surprisingly... He really did. Dylan found a center that had scholarships for students with disabilities. Since then, I went back to the ballet. It was like I was alive again. Every day I was eager to wake up to follow my passion. And I was also practicing for the International Ballet Contest in New York. One time after practice, I saw someone over by the door, watching me. Philip. I didn't know why, but... As soon as I spotted him, my heart fluttered. He walked over to me, and we started talking. Turns out, he teaches at this center. After that, he always spent time helping me during practice, and we seemed to be a good pair. But good things didn't last long. That day I was practicing with Philip, 
when a voice called out, Joyce, why are you here? I turned around startled to see a glaring Nancy standing at the door of the practice room. It turns out that Nancy came to meet and greet with her students in our center and accidentally spotted Philip helping me. Maybe she was upset because we looked quite close? After that, we met in the bathroom. Then Nancy asked me, I know you don't have a dollar to your name, so who gave you money for this? Oh, it was Dylan. Stop telling lies. He's just some dumb kid. I hardly imagine he has a spare $1,500 to pay for six months of lessons. You asked Phil to pay for you, right? Stop acting weak to get other sympathy. That doesn't sound like something my sweet cousin would normally do, does it? So, did Dylan lie to me? This course isn't a scholarship for people with disabilities? No way! I immediately packed my stuff to go home and to speak to Dylan about this. But on my way out, I bumped into Philip. So I asked him if it's true there's no such scholarship at this center. But he just sighed and led me to a quiet place to talk. And you know what? He admitted that it's him who actually had planned out everything with Dylan and even said that he liked me and wanted to help me. I was shocked. But deep down, I was also kind of happy hearing that, as I did like him. But I felt like I was a burden, and Nancy also liked him, so I rejected him. Nancy wasn't the same after that. Whenever our eyes met each other, she tutted, then looked away. Then one time, I found my ballet shoes soaked in coffee. And another time, there was even a note in my bag saying, Don't chase after Philip, because you can't run. LOL. It had to be my lovely cousin who did these things, right? I felt upset a bit at first, but I didn't have time for her games. I had a competition to practice for. Then, the day before the performance, I arrived home to overhear Aunt Robin in the living room FaceTiming Bernie. Hey, you should send more money. Joyce is partaking in a ballet competition this time, so it's rather costly. Really? But you told me she wasn't interested in ballet anymore. In any case, why didn't she take the ballet scholarship for the New York City Ballet? Stop going off topic. Remember, you were the culprit to the death of my brother-in-law and the legs of my niece. So, you have to take the blame for this whole life. And now you can't even see fit to spare what is loose change for you to fund her dream? What? What were they talking about? I was so shocked that I dropped my grocery bag on the floor. Aunt Robin turned around and saw me. Realizing I'd overheard everything, she beckoned me into the room and told me the whole tragic story. It turns out that the person who caused the accident was none other than Bernie. She'd crossed the road without looking, which caused my dad to steer to avoid her and crash into a tree. After that, she ran away, as she was so panicked and feared that it would affect her reputation. Through her friendship with Aunt Robin, she knew about my situation and still had been sending monthly money to compensate for me. What about the scholarship Miss Bernie was talking about? Um, well, you can't attend that school anyway, so it's better to let Nancy take it. 
isn't it? What? I can't believe my aunt would do that. She knows how much I love ballet. I've always thought Aunt Robin was so good to give me a home, when in reality, she was using me, so Bernie would invest in Nancy's ballet career. The word disappointment cannot fully describe my feelings at that moment. The hurt was almost unbearable. I woke up feeling dreadful, but I forced myself to get ready and headed to the competition. It was bustling there, just like me inside. I didn't bother to watch the other performances until Nancy's. She was very graceful, and the judges said she did very well. However, I felt like it was missing something. And now, it was my turn. I looked down to the crowd and saw there was Bernie, Dylan, and Philip. They all smiled and clapped their hands when the MC called my name. I took a deep breath and was about to go out on the stage when passing me, Nancy leaned over and whispered, Philip doesn't really care about you. He just feels guilty about what his mom did. Don't go embarrass him by messing up. Suddenly, I felt like I couldn't move. I forgot all the movements, and the world was spinning around. But a familiar voice woke me up. Joyce, you're better than this. We're all here for you, so don't be scared. You're the light. Don't let the dark bother you. Let's shine and show them what you have. I was so touched, and it worked. I regained my spirit and just went with the flow. Like a swan that had been restrained for so long, I just did what I wanted to do. I didn't care about anything, anyone. This moment, I'll live for myself. And maybe the judges felt that too. I burst with happiness to hear that. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this contest is... Joyce Baker. Everyone came to congratulate me, including Bernie. She tried to fight back tears as she apologized for everything. The past is the past, and I know what happened was a terrible accident. It's something she will always have to live with, and that seems penance enough. So I hugged her and told her it was okay, because what matters was that I could dance again, and it felt fantastic. So what's next? Well, I didn't go to business school. <laughs> Instead, I'm continuing with my ballet. I'm also undergoing treatment for my condition, and I hope that one day I will be able to be up there on stage, performing with Philip. Speaking of Philip, thanks to his help, Dylan and I moved into our own house, and Dylan has just got a scholarship into a prestigious high school, which he seems to be enjoying. Oh, and one more thing, Philip and I are now officially dating, and this is it, the happy ending of my fairy tale. Guys, keep chasing your dream, despite hardship, because all good things are waiting for you at the end of the tunnel. Oh my, look at those dudes over there. It's so true that all men are the same. All it takes is seeing some pretty girls and their eyes immediately light up. I was about to ignore these jerks, but then this couple walked in holding hands. Instantly, the jerks started making a fuss. Ew, look! That's gross! Then they pretended to retch. Jeez, these idiots needed to keep their outdated views to themselves. 
Well done, guys. You've just booked yourself the 99th place on the playbook. <laughs> Let me show you my playbook. In here, you'll find all types of men, from nerds, potboys, jocks, and successful businessmen. But they all have one thing in common. They are all bad. Hi, I'm Monica, and I'm a playgirl who is trained to take revenge on men. Since I was little, I was taught that all men are bad, and it's my duty as a woman to teach them a lesson, especially homophobes and womanizers. Now all that's missing is the 100th prey? Then done! Hey sis, family meeting now! Oops, duty called. Mom's gonna reveal our final mission. Now, where are my books and pens? <laughs> yeah, those two are my colleagues, and also my competitors. There's Cindy, my impulsive little sister, and next to her is Grace, my older, super smart, and slightly more mature sister. As for me, I'm something in between. Not as childish as Cindy, but not as calm and collected as Grace. Oh, here's Mom. Okay, let's get to the point. So this is it, the last goal, and it's the biggest one yet. So, this time you're not working together, but on your own. This target won't be easy, but you all have your own charms, and I have every faith in you all. And the time starts... now! Hmm, Dennis Groff. Dennis Groff. Let's see. Oh, he's quite handsome. The son of a CEO, and super rich. Hmm, it figures he's a lady killer, duh! But why did Mama assign him to us? I mean, she usually just lets us set our own goals. Also. Why do we have to compete against each other? Maybe it was because it was the 100th target, so she was making it extra challenging? We all love mom and want to please her. I mean, who doesn't want to be the last one to complete the family playbook, right? I stayed up all night making a plan of action. Hmm, from my social media stalking, I found out that Dennis's friend was having birthday celebrations at a bar in town tomorrow night. So, the next evening, I put on the sexiest red dress that I've bought for this specific occasion and walked confidently into the bar. All eyes were on me, except Dennis's. Excuse me? Was he going to the bar for free Wi-Fi or what? Seeing that, I took a glass of wine and gently approached him. But suddenly, a strange guy came out of nowhere and pulled my hand back. Honey, where are you going? Have a drink with me? Get out of the way. I'm busy. I was about to turn my attention back to my prey when... Oops! The strange guy tripped me up, causing me to stumble onto the ground. This was so embarrassing. I guess I'd just have to call it a night. <sighs> but suddenly, an arm appeared in front of me. I looked up and... Hey, it was... Dennis? I was a bit surprised, but quickly regained my confidence and let him help me up. After that, he offered to buy me a drink, and then we ended up chatting into the early hours. And Jackpot! Turned out, he's as big of a golf lover as I was, so I persuaded him to join a golf club with me. Ain't that a smart move? A week later, and it was progress report day. One by one, we told Mom what we'd done so far. Cindy tried hard to approach Dennis by coming to the billiard hall that he frequented, and being the typical impulsive kid that she is, she bombarded Dennis with messages on social networks. She seems to be quite optimistic, though, as Dennis responded to her quite friendly, and the two kind of vibed when it came to billards. 
As for Grace, she applied for the position of assistant manager at Dennis's company. I know. Man, my sister is a genius. She even said that she already felt some chemistry going on, as he wouldn't take his eyes off of her. Mom seemed impressed with the progress we'd made so far. Everyone's attained certain achievements, but sure thing, I was still in the lead. I felt it. I don't know if I'm being delusional, but Dennis and I were getting so close, and he had also shown some gestures of concern for me. Hmm. Anyway, it appears that I'll have to work even harder than I first thought to win this one. Yeah, I did used to wonder if what mom always said about men was 100% true, and why my sisters and I had to do all this. Until one day, back when I was 16, that day, I was going into my mom's room to borrow some jewelry for catfishing when I found an open notebook on the ground. Curious, I picked it up and discovered it was mom's diary. And it was in a tragic story. She once fell deeply in love with a man, but then ran into him with someone else. Worse, she didn't even have a chance to confront him. Instead, she got his message right away. I knew the truth already. You're not a real woman. We're over. Not a real woman was what that Nick called my mom. Ridiculous. Just because my mom is a transgender? She did not go through all this pain and heartache to be disrespected like that. My mom's life was tragic, like a movie. Curiously, I flipped through it all from the beginning, and my heart felt like it's actually breaking, finding out what mom had been through. Turned out, she and Nick were part of a group of three back in high school, alongside Maureen. Nick and Maureen were a couple, so my mom, as Jack at that time, had to keep her love from Nick a secret and poured it all into this diary. Unfortunately, Maureen found out her secret and exposed it to the whole school, which made everyone make fun of my mom and she had to leave in shame. After so many years, she was still not able to forget Nick, so she decided to do the trans surgery to return to find him and fight for her love. They had some happy months together. But on that one disastrous day, she found out that he cheated on her. And it was with none other than Maureen. Harsh. How can people be so cruel to each other like that? Mom was a good person. And thanks to her, orphans like Cindy, Grace, and I could have a home. I owed so much to her, which is why I was desperate to succeed at her last mission and to make her happy. Back to the mission. Everything was going great between me and Dennis. He took me to the golf club and out for dinner. For a rich businessman type, I had to admit that he wasn't all stern and serious. Actually, he was a lot of fun to be around. Then, when he dropped me off after a date, he touched my hand and said, Monica, I'm really enjoying getting to know you. And I would like it very much if you would come and have dinner with my family tomorrow. Whoa, this was great! I mean, this project would be way easier now I had an open invite to scope out his family. <laughs> but, no. What is this feeling? I had butterflies in my stomach, and my palms were sweaty. It must just be the thrill of meeting Dennis's family. Right? But why couldn't I stop thinking about his cute laugh and his dreamy eyes? Oh no, I think I might have actual feelings for him. From then on, I found myself wanting to scream and throw stuff at Cindy and Grace every time I heard them bragging about how close they were getting to Dennis. I'm crazy, aren't I? Now what? Am I the predator or the prey? (sighs) 
OMG, I'm so nervous. I literally can't stop shaking. Whoa, they looked so wealthy and classy. His parents were both really sweet, and I soon felt a lot more relaxed. We had dinner, and the conversation flowed easily. There was just one thing that kept bothering me. His dad's name is Nick? Surely this was a coincidence, right? I mean, Nick's a popular name. Something didn't sit right with me, so I knew I needed to say something to mom. I anxiously walked back and forth until I heard her car pull up outside. Mom, is... is Dennis's father... that man? She looked stunned, then slowly sat down, sighed, and told me everything. Just like I thought, she picked Dennis to be the 100th target. Or, more like a bait, just to take revenge on Nick. Furthermore, she wanted us to use Dennis to make Nick go bankrupt. But what did Dennis do? If you have a problem with Nick, then talk to him. Why drag his innocent son into it? Mom and I were having a heated argument when Cindy and Grace approached. What's wrong with you? Stop being so smitten. Mom just wants to use us as tools for personal revenge, and she doesn't love us at all. Don't be so insolent. I see that you're letting your emotions screw up your decision. Nick treated our mom badly, so his son deserves to pay the price for this. You know how much pain he caused, Mom? Don't you want to fight for her? Wow, you totally suck and are an awful person. I couldn't stay here and listen to any more of this, so I rushed out of there and went and stayed with my friend. I have no idea what I'm meant to do now. One thing's for sure. I can't go through with Mom's revenge plan anymore. Maybe I should go find Nick and ask him to sit down with Mom and talk things through. Unfortunately, I underestimated my sisters. As I was scrolling through my phone when I saw a post from Cindy, exposing Dennis as a womanizing jerk who dated three girls at the same time. As proof, she'd inserted pictures of Dennis with each of us. Trust her to do something so childish. It gets worse as Grace linked up with a hacker to splatter the company's website with things like Mr. Nick Groff, the president of Groff Corporation, is a liar, traitor, and homophobe. This media crisis has caused the whole company to suffer, and now Dennis was avoiding my calls. I was hovering my finger over the call button when at that precise moment, Grace texted me. Hey sis, you better not miss the sacred moment we tick off number 100 in the playbook. The mission is over anyway. Let's just go home and make up. Mom's waiting. No way was I going to let them do this. So I immediately called Dennis and left an urgent voicemail, telling him that he needed to get his father and go around to my house ASAP. As I led them inside, Mr. Groff and Mom's eyes all widened when seeing each other. Nick stood there frozen, while Mom just asked him to leave immediately. But eventually, I managed to convince them to all sit down and sort this mess out. Jean... I worked out straight away that you were Jack. I was shocked at first, but then I realized it didn't matter, as I truly loved you. So I just wanted to wait until you were ready to tell me. You knew it? Impossible! We used to be very close friends. It's really not difficult for me to recognize Jack's habits. Besides, your face still retains some of the old features. Whatever. But I saw you with that snake, Maureen. And you even had the cheek to break up with me through one cynical text. Do you know how much pain I had to suffer to pursue you? Nick looked genuinely confused. Then things slowly revealed themselves. 
So Maureen was the one who sent that cruel message on that day. When she found out about my mom and Nick, she investigated and discovered that mom was actually Jack. That day at the coffee house, she begged Nick to take her back, but he refused. So she made up some excuse to borrow Nick's phone and sent that message to break them apart. My mom sat there in shocked silence. I guess she was processing the fact that she took revenge on the wrong person. And now she'd caused problems for two innocent people. I'm so sorry. I let my emotions overrule me and make me bitter. I promise I will put this right. I am Jean Wilkins, a transgender woman and Nick Groff's ex. I thought he betrayed me, and this made me turn into an angry version of myself, who became blinded by my desire for revenge. Only, I was wrong. You see, it's impossible that Nick has any ill will toward the LGBT community, because he loved me. As for his son, Dennis, he's a good man who got caught up in the crossfire. He's never cheated on anyone, so please don't judge him for something he hasn't done. As I watched the video, I felt immensely proud of my brave mom. She'd made a lot of mistakes, but she'd publicly owned up to them, which took a lot of courage. Thankfully, the video worked. Nick's company has recovered, and Dennis's name was cleared. So, what happens next? Well, me and my sisters apologized to Dennis and Nick. Luckily, they are both very kind and understanding guys. Mom doesn't hold grudges against men anymore, and she's even started dating this lovely man named Jacob. Cindy met this sweet girl called Beverly, who, thinking about it, is pretty much her opposite, but they're actually kind of cute together. Grace is still single and focusing on her career. And me? I will never touch this ever again, because I'm sticking with this prey forever. It was just a regular school day and I was sorting out my locker when suddenly I heard hushed whispers and noticed that everyone else was staring at something. Okay, so turns out it wasn't a something, but a someone. As this pretty girl strutted down the corridor like it was a runway or something. Ugh. Why was everyone gawping at her, rushing over to greet her and sticking notepads in her face for her to sign? I hugged my books and muttered, Geez, there's nothing special about her. So, my name's Lily and I'm just a normal girl. My family, yeah, they're normal. My appearance, normal. And my social status, well, that's just normal too. I coast through life and that's it. Nothing exciting ever happens to a regular girl like me. Oh, how I long to be the perfect looking girls on Instagram. They're so flawless in their clear skin, stylish clothes, and glossy hair. But those girls were different. They were from different worlds. Oh well, at least I still had my books, my bestie Sarah, and my cute boyfriend Brian. But this all changed when Stacy rocked up at school with her perfect looks and her I'm so sweet and friendly routine. Yeah, right. So what if she had a prettyish face and a bit part in some TV show underneath the fake shine she was clearly not all that? I walked into English class to see her sitting at the desk next to mine. Ugh, great. I couldn't even get to my seat because everyone else was surrounding her. Asking her dumb questions such as, What shampoo do you use? And do you get snack breaks when you film your show? 
Geez, give me a break instead. Then, when I finally managed to sit down, she smiled at me, and in this sickly sweet voice said, "Hi. I hope it's okay. I sit here. I'm Stacy. Yeah, sure." I forced a smile back, but on the inside, my anger was boiling over. Who did this girl think she was? So what if she was beautiful? I bet she only cared about her looks and never bothered studying. Yeah, everyone else would soon realize what a failure she was. Then one time during recess, Stacy, the living Barbie doll, suggested we start a yearbook, and now everyone's treating her like she's achieved world peace or something. Ah, you know the worst part of it? I've been saying we should start a yearbook for years, but no one listened to me. And guess who received so many welcome cards and love notes that they fell out of her locker and obstructed the hallway? Yup, Stacy. Gosh, it's been like. Weeks already. When will these stop? I hated how she thanked everyone and blushed. And ugh, I needed to be around a sane person who didn't think the sun shone out of her. She was everywhere. It made me sick. But thank God for lunchtime. It became the only peaceful time of the day for me when I could hang out with Sarah and not have to worry about Stacy. But ha!、Huh, what was this? What was that Barbie doll doing sitting at? Our table and talking to my best friend. I walked over there and placed my tray down next to Sarah. Oh, hi, Lily. Stacy just said the funniest thing. Great, I muttered under my breath. Lunch was an ordeal. Sarah ignored me and kept on asking Stacy dumb questions like, "Is your co-star Kyle as handsome in real life?" and "How do you style printed skirts with a colored tee?" Yawn. Later that day, due to a paint spillage in art, I was five minutes late out. Sarah had agreed to drive me home, but I went out to the parking lot. Her car wasn't there. Then I checked my phone and saw that she'd messaged me. Where are you? I can't wait anymore. I'll leave first with Stacy. See you tomorrow, X. What? Is she ditching me to give that phony a ride? We had been friends since childhood. How could she be fooled for Stacy's act and just throw away our friendship like that? Angry, I messaged her back. You abandoned me for Little Miss Popular. How could you? I get it. New one in, old one out. Well, thanks a lot. My phone buzzed with her reply. Lily, you know it isn't like that. You live up the road from school, while Stacy lives much further away, and she needed to get back in time to get ready for her filming schedule. Matter than ever, I quickly typed out my reply. What? Ever, it's too bad you'll always be a nobody in her eyes, and she's just using you for a free ride. Then I chucked my phone onto my bed. I'd had enough. Sarah had made her choice, and it was to be friends with that fake over me. Sarah may have fallen into the Stacy trap, but at least I still had Brian, right? One afternoon, I was talking to him out in the schoolyard when Stacy tottered past. Even her try to hard walk was annoying. She smiled over my Brian. Then she deliberately tripped up and dropped the books she was holding. I grabbed Brian's arm to stop him from going over, but he shook himself free from my grip and went over to her anyway. I watched him help her pick her books up, and then she blushed and squeaked out a "Thank you." She was the worst. When he walked back over to me with this big grin on his face, I couldn't take it anymore. So I blurted out to him, "How dare you leave me to help her?" He gave me a confused look. Lily, I was just helping her out.
Yeah, right. You knew she dropped them on purpose to get your attention, but you went over there to her anyway because you think she's prettier than me. He sighed. You're being ridiculous. You know what? I can't deal with your selfish, jealous streak anymore. Let's just call it a day. We're done. Then he walked off. I stood there watching him, expecting him to cool down and come back. Only he didn't. This was all Stacy's fault. She'd stolen my best friend and my boyfriend. No more. It was time to show her that she wasn't so perfect after all. I scrolled through her social media pages for ideas, and it soon became apparent that she loves boys with toned abs who ride motorbikes. How predictable! I discovered this website where I could hire a boy to play with her heart, then ditch her. It's about time she learned how much it sucked to be undesirable and worthless. Ha! I found the perfect guy called Josh. He was 19, a gym addict, and he had a motorbike. Whoa! He was expensive, but it would be worth it, right? I arranged to meet him at the local coffee shop, and jeez, he was even more handsome in person. I wished I could use this money to actually make him mine. Sigh. So the deal is, he's gonna flirt with Stacy, make her love him deeply, and then break up with her. The next Monday, I walked out of school to see Josh parked up to the school gate, holding his helmet and looking like he belonged in a movie. Naturally, every girl was staring at him. But he made a beeline for Stacy. Then, just one week later, I saw him picking up Stacy from the school. Whoa! I knew that. I knew I had chosen the right person. Josh was such a lady killer. They looked super close, and I had to remind myself that he was just an actor and he was doing his job. <laughs> She was gonna be so heartbroken. But a few weeks later, and he was still picking her up. Huh? Why hadn't he broken up with her yet? So I called him up and asked him what was taking him so long. He replied that he would do it soon. He was just making her fall for him more before he did it. <laughs> Brutal. Only the weeks passed by and he still hadn't ended it. Then I was walking past the movie theater and I spotted them there kissing. What? This was not the plan. Furious, I had arranged to meet him the next day at the coffee shop. He walked over and couldn't even meet my eye as he said. I'm sorry. I can't do this anymore. I will refund you as soon as I can. Um, why? Have you fallen in love with her or something? I said jokingly. There was a long silence. Then he looked down at the table and muttered out, "Yeah, I have." Why was I the only one on the planet who saw how fake she was? Thanks to her siren ways, I lost my best friend, my boyfriend, and now my savings. This was it. I needed to confront her. The next day at school, I tried finding her, but she was nowhere to be found. Then, as I passed through the school garden, I saw her sitting there. Gotcha. It's time to tell her exactly what I thought of her. I stormed over to her and opened my mouth to speak. But huh? Why was she crying? When she saw me, she managed to smile and said, "Oh, hi, Lily. Is there a chance you could help me?" I stared at her with disbelief. Did she think I was under her spell and would do her bidding? But then I saw what she was crying about. In her hands was her English essay with a big F on it. So I replied, "Um, why me? You're so smart. You answer all the questions in class correctly. I don't want to be judged on my bad grades. That's why I left my last school. The other kids call me a brainless beauty. I moved here for a fresh start, and now." I'm still failing. Okay, so in that moment, I realized that there were things I was good at. My grades were good, and I was pretty great at remembering facts. I'd just been so blinded by jealousy that I lost focus on these things and only saw what I didn't have. 
None of this was Stacy's fault. She'd never actually done anything bad to me. I'd made it all up in my head because I was jealous of her. So I sat down next to her and said, No one's going to call you that because I'll help you study. You will? She gave me a hopeful smile and I nodded. Thank you so much, she flung her arms around me. So that's how Stacy went from being my enemy to my friend. She's actually a really sweet and kind-hearted girl. No wonder why everyone admired her so much. And I was wrong to judge her on her appearance and not give her a fair chance. She's still with Josh and she doesn't know that I hired him to break her heart. But hey, she now has a hunky boyfriend who adores her, so that could be considered compensation, right? Brian and I are still over, but thinking about it, maybe this was for the best. I know I overreacted, but he gave me up so easily. And well, I want to find a guy who won't do that. As for Sarah, I went around to her house with a bag full of her favorite candy and I apologized for being a jealous jerk. Luckily for me, she forgave me. Now, Sarah, Stacy, and I have become good friends. Sarah and I both help Stacy with her studies and she gives us fashion tips. And you know what? I've come to realize that I'm pretty after all. I just needed to discover my spark. So finally, I learned that no one's perfect. Perfection is just an illusion. The most important thing is that we feel happy with what we own and never stop improving ourselves. So just be you and let everyone else concentrate on being them.